Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sovereign AF, episode 20. I'm your host, Regina Cornelio. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Cynthia Clark. Hi. And we have a really important topic tonight and a special guest, Kylie Modiri. She is a mom. She has her own homeschool, her own farm, her own brand, Um, and we are going to talk about the move from reactionary parenting to conscious parenting and all the cool things that she incorporates into her homeschool and everything else. And we'll see where the conversation takes us. Welcome, Kylie. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Excited you're here. Thank you. Do you want to, um, to start off, just kind of give us a quick summary of your story, your background, and then we'll dive into the topic. Yeah, for sure. So um, I was in public school for about 10 years as a public school teacher in the Bay Area. Loved it. It was definitely my calling, my passion. Had my daughter, thought for sure I would go back. And I basically, when I was pregnant, I was super sick, which was a blessing in disguise because I just had nothing to do but look into rabbit holes (laughs) and, and take my time about how I wanted to birth this child and how I wanted to medicate this child and health and everything. Um, And so it became really clear that the public school system uh, was not going to be a supportive place for me once I had her and just was in motherhood. So um, yeah, we stayed in California until things got really restrictive and didn't honor body autonomy. And then we left and moved to North Idaho. So we had the vision of creating a food forest. It was really Um, it was scary for us to have such restrictions with grocery stores and what food was available. And so for us, that was like, okay, we're never doing that again. So that was one of the moves or one of the reasons we moved out of the Bay area, wanted to do a food forest on our property in North Idaho and start a school. And the school was going to be not your traditional school, but one that really, what I felt was honoring, um, children and their process and was really aiming towards creating adults that had um, autonomy over their body. They were in sovereign areas. They knew how to be resilient and build and grow what they needed to grow. Just, you know, what you want your 21st century child to be. Love so here we are. What year was that when you moved to North Idaho? I'm just curious. Yes, yeah, so we bought in 20 and then we moved in 21. Nice. Okay. So awesome. you've done, so you're pretty business. new here. Yeah. Yeah. And the the market was so crazy. The only reason we got this place was if we agreed to like, everyone wanted to leave California, right? It was just a huge exodus. So it was uh, under, you know, the stipulation that they could move out over a nine month period, (laughs) but we were like, we'll take it. We were desperate. Wow. Wow. And so you've built a farm, a school and a brand since 2021. Yeah, it was crazy. My husband and I definitely had objectives when we got here and we got hit with some roadblocks. The house was covered in mold. We were severely poisoned with mold, just not in your, not in the sense that people categorize mold, right? It was just total brain inflammation, spike in autoimmune, all of the things. So it was crazy. While we had to deal with remodeling the house and kind of getting on our feet, we didn't stop with the brand. So the property already came with commercial sized greenhouses. They were just super run down and there was a dying fruit orchard. So our main thing was to just feed the orchard, get that going, get the greenhouse house, um, the greenhouse business going. We sell organic starts. And then my husband is in marketing. So he has a background in this and we definitely wanted to do a merch line because we knew starting out in the farm and also schooling the way we wanted to school. Those aren't profitable businesses. So we needed something that was going to supplement something that was still representing us so we could truly do the school and the farm with the integrity that we wanted to and take our time and learning everything and just doing everything exactly doing things that were true to us and really resonating with us. We're going to have to pick your brain because we want to do a sovereign AF uh, merch line. I almost wore, cause I got a couple beanies and a t-shirt for <laughs> Christmas Okay, and I almost wore the um, farms, not pharma beanie. And I was like, do I want to do that? I was or, like, yeah, uh, do does it, it look it. cheesy, so but I kind of want to cool. rep her brand, but love I it. Love and every, everybody sees it and they love it. Uh, um, I love that farms, not pharma. Um, it's amazing that you guys have done that in such a short, like, I thought you were there for way longer than you've been yeah, there. Me too. Your, 
questions and stuff. It looks like it looks like you guys have been farmers and have done stuff like this your entire um, life. It was an yeah. intense, it was an it's been an intense grind, which is interesting because we left the Bay Area to get away from that. And yeah. then we were so humbled when we were here. It was like if we wanted to get this going the way we wanted to, this was gonna be boots on the ground. It's been a really intense three years. <laughs> But I believe what you put into something, you get out of it. So, you know, it's just, it was hard work not doing this and being reliant on other restrictions and government restrictions. And it's hard work doing it. I just feel like you got to pick your hard work. So I'd rather do this. Yeah, yeah I agree. So what is conscious parenting? Just parenting. I feel like that topic is so broad and yeah, you. I, I will talk about it in reference to the school and what we do. So back in the Bay Area, my daughter was in a nature preschool and this preschool grew their own food. They cooked their own food. Everything was organic. I, I, my first day, I'll never forget. I walked in there and I'm like, this place looks crazy. It was kind of chaotic, not like a typical classroom. And then immediately I was like, oh, there's something here for me. What is this? And I met the uh, founder of the program, Jennifer Jeffcode. And I just had this feeling like I there was something about her. She was like this whole new light to me and what she had to offer and her philosophies and the way she was implementing these, um, these parenting strategies in her program and all of her research. And so this was my first exposure, Naya at this Mindful Village Ways school in the Bay Area. And then I started taking Jennifer Jeffcoat's trainings and it was authored off of her, The Awaken Method. That's something that she authored. And it's, it's all about conscious parenting. So I was taking these trainings and getting more immersed in what is this? What does this mean to understand our trauma so we can really show up for our own children? And it was like my entire world was just, it was painful in so many ways, right? Because the lights are being turned on and you're just kind of waking up and it's just like the medical system. Everything that you're told is not really true. It's not best practice. It's a profitable practice. It's a business. Um, you know, I have a, my, my um, education work is within child development. I had a multiple subject credential. I had my administrative credential to be a principal and my master's in educational leadership. And yet I didn't know anything that she was talking about. <laughs> and I had worked with kids for so long. So I was so intrigued in this. Um, Fast forward a bit, or this is when I realized, okay, if I'm doing a school, I've always wanted to open a school. Even before I was a teacher, I just thought I was never good enough or I couldn't do it. So now I'm exposed to this school and I'm like, okay, there is a different way. That was with two and a half to four-year-olds. So I was just pumped to do it. So we moved to Idaho and um, my goal was to open a school using the Awaken Method. So I'll talk a little bit about the Awaken Method. This is Jennifer Jeffcoat's her background is in um, Steiner's work. She was a Waldorf teacher, studied under Carl Jung. She was the one that introduced me to Dr. Bruce Lipton, Stephen Porridge, polyvagal theory, Gabor Mate, you know, trauma, all of these things. She was the one that really brought me into that. And once I found out about that, I was just completely hooked. So basically conscious parenting and the way that we use it at Alpine Village School is being able to show up in a responsive manner versus something reactive and really responding to the child's needs. So in order to do that, a couple of things need to take place. First, you need to understand what happens to you in moments when you get triggered and activated. You need to understand physiologically, where does your body go? So that kind of brings in Dr. Porge's work. Are you a fighter, a flighter? Do you collapse? You need to understand your nervous system. That's such a crucial part of this. Once you understand your nervous system, you need um, support methods to bring you back into your body so that you are not, you know, reacting to a child when you're in a total fight or flight. And then a deeper layer under that is even understanding what are your triggers and understanding how it's never, you're never reacting in the present moment. These are things that are deeply rooted that go as far back as your childhood. So I do feel like nervous system and childhood trauma, these are things that are being talked about so much right now, right? Just, and, and the focus is usually on adults. No one's bringing this in education. No one is taking what we know about the nervous system, what we know about trauma, what we know about how our body stores trauma and reacts to triggers and trauma, and how can we take that into our parenting and then bring that and train teachers and then bring that into the school so that these children 
can truly show up in their full expression with however they are in that moment, feeling what they're feeling. And we are not one taking that experience away from them. We're not trying to fix it, but we're trying to guide them through and facilitate them, you know, help them learn coping mechanisms along the way that are developmentally appropriate. So a huge aspect of our program is parent education where we're teaching parents all of that that I described. So two hours, almost every month they're meeting with us and we're going through Jennifer's developmental layers, but it's off of, you know, Gabor Mate, Peter Levine, Carl Jung, all these other researchers that she's pulled in, plus her own um, expertise. She's a pre and prenatal birth psychologist and a somatic therapist. Nice. So that's kind of, you know, a big overview of what it is. It's not gentle parenting. It's not an authoritative style. It's none of those. It's really understanding your own trauma when you were not seen and when you were not heard, what part of that still needs healing so that when your child has these moments, you can truly show up and respond instead of reacting from past triggers that you're not even aware of. I love that. I'm like grinning ear to ear because I don't know if you know, but I'm a hypnotherapist and I work a lot with children. And I feel like that's the most beautiful part is bringing this and teaching them these, these tools at such a young age, because none of us got that. And it should be in school. It should be in school everywhere to learning how to breathe, learning, like learning your body symptoms and what to do and the tools to use from there and how to like work through any anger or all of those things. And mastering your mind, right? Yeah. That's exciting. I don't know if I shared this, Kylie, but I'm actually a former certified teacher, elementary school, and I have my master's in education. I didn't learn any of this stuff either. <laughs> um, and I'm just sitting here thinking while you're talking, I'm like, man, I need, I don't, I'm not a mom, but I need these skills and just to deal with other people. Yeah. You know, like we need these skills just to interact with other humans, children and adults. And uh, we have a question in the chat. Maria wants to know, and we're going to get into all the, all the things that you offer, but she just asked, do you also have online classes? No, that's something that I hope to do. Usually people who come through the program, they're like, this is amazing. Are you going to franchise this? And I'm like, no, because <laughs> again, that goes into that like prescribed algorithm thing that I'm not for. This needs to be so much more individualized. I had greenhouses on my property. This is what's been my background. So this is how I created it. Someone who doesn't have greenhouses should, you know, reach into their community and decide what would be supportive for them. But eventually I would love to offer the parent education classes online and consulting so people can do this. You know, you don't need to have a teaching background. We need to get away from that. We're trying to move away from all that indoctrination. You need to have caring adults who are willing to go into this dive and look into how they can truly respond and, um, and, and be aware of their own body when triggers come up and how they can, you know, hold space for children and, and learn their learning spaces. So eventually I would love to do consulting to help people form these villages and get going and then offer the parent education classes online. But since this is our first year and it's been such a crazy three years, I'm, I'm also this time really honoring my pace and just doing what I can do while I'm enjoying doing it. I don't want to stretch myself so thin that I'm just, then it's just becoming work. I'm really enjoying this like new pace of working really hard, but not doing too much. So is this your first year of the school you mean? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Let's dive into that. Tell us about your school and how it's different from other schools. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just kind of, I'll talk about the schedule of the day first. So there's a soft drop-off period. We're done rushing, trying to get up at eight in the morning. We're parents. We've had tough nights. Our kids need to sleep in. So nine 30 to 10. And really if the kids are tired or whatever, they're just letting me know, this is a small group of students. We have eight students. So it's a soft drop-off. The kids come, they get to play. Um, we always have all the vegetables on the table so they can begin doing all their morning chores if they want to, or they can just play. And the morning chores are collecting eggs from the chickens and chopping up the vegetables. We always have a mom or a dad who's lead parent. So they're volunteering for the whole day. We prep everything. The parent is cooking. I create a whole organic menu. It's mostly vegetarian just because we haven't, um, we haven't hooked up with a regenerative farm, but I'd love to incorporate the meats. And every once in a while, we have a parent who will donate some. So it's an all organic, beautiful lunch that they eat. Um, after we do chores, we do our morning circle. So we're checking in with everybody. 
kids get to do a body movement or share something, which is really fun. Um, and then we go out for more play. It's all play-based. It's outside. What's so beautiful is that no matter what the weather is, if we're outside or inside, we're exposed to natural light all day, which people don't understand how that makes us deficient in so many other things. So there's a really big focus on health as far as being in the soil, connecting to our food. The students each have a garden bed, so they're growing all of their organic vegetables. Um, so just even that part of, of being a part of cooking the food and the energy that goes into that, we eat together. We'll do one activity a day and it's either about something medicinal, we're making medicine, we're making a healthy cleaner, we're doing art, we're learning about an herb, but it's only one lesson. From really this young age, four to seven, the emphasis is on the relationship field where they get to play and they get to build relationships and learn how to be in their body and learn how to have experiences. And usually when the parents come in, there's a lot of triggers, there's a lot of activations because it doesn't flow like a what we would call like a regular classroom. We don't force kids to sit down in morning meeting. If they need to get up and move, we want them to start making that body connection. And coming from a more traditional teaching background, that can be totally scary. Cause you're like, what? One kid could take the whole class, then I lose control, and then what? And it's also stepping away from that mindset that I'm really just guiding them. You know, this is not about me having to prove to a principal or, or a parent or someone else that they're learning. This is truly just for this short period of their life, they get to show up and just play and be who they are and, and learn about themselves. So there's a lot of things that we don't do that is a typical school. I'm just making their lunch alone, growing their own food or the autonomy that they have to move. We don't ever force kids to do activities. If they don't want to do them, they don't want to do them. Um, most of the time they do, but they also really just love playing in the mud kitchen and getting muddy and making up wild games and running. And we had six beautiful weeks of sledding and it was so intense and so fun where the first day it's totally chaotic. They're running into each other. We kind of let it naturally evolve. They're learning, let's walk up one way and not run into each other. They're learning how to get down the mountain as fast as they can how to carve their sled. There are so many other important skills that we went over just from four to seven, instead of making them sit, forcing them to write, forcing them to be quiet. They get to experience all the things, but it's, it's out in nature and it's having fun with a group of people. Love I love that so much. I want to come to your school. I want to redo <laughs> school and start over. <laughs> Can we have yeah. a redo please? This process has been really healing for me as a teacher, because after you learn all this, you want to go back and just say, I'm so sorry. You know, I was a yeah. beloved teacher, but my tactics were through shame and guilt and all of these things that we don't want to rear children yeah. become very controllable adults and very obedient, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, the school has been really healing for me to just have grace on. I knew what I knew and I thought I was doing the best, but this is clearly something that resonates with me so much more. Yep. It reminds it. me so much of Waldorf. That's what I seeked out for my daughter too. And same thing. It was like playing and using their creative minds. And I mean, she knew how to like sew and knit and stuff at five and just use wow. that she was making like full-blown dolls and stuff and playing <laughs> outside and learning how to plant things and she could name all these different trees as we walked by them like she still can it trips me out but like that was so important I, I think what you're doing is such beautiful amazing needed work right now yeah I think and it's interesting every time you know you have conversations with parents and they're a little unsure you just ask them you know what do you want for your child as an adult and so what does that look like now because really from zero to seven, they're not wired to be sitting down, you know? So what's really unique about our program too is the parent education. So we're bringing in these videos and creating workshops for them to understand different perspectives and that zero to seven, those kids are in a state of theta. So that's the state of hypnosis. They're absorbing everything around them. And so they are seeing all of our adult patterns, all of our adult coping mechanisms, which are not healthy at all. You know, they're mostly one of numbing out or addiction or dissociation or total collapse. And they are taking all of this in and then just repeating that. So they, the emphasis really needs to be within the relationship field where one, you know, there's a very sound parent who's aware of their triggers in their body and just that whole nervous system. And um, 
and one where they can have experiences where they can actually play and conflict is not looked upon as bad. You know, in school, if you have conflict, it's like, say you're sorry and go sit down. And there's so much more to conflict with that. With that. And we've done that for so many years that you have adults who don't know how to have conflict at all. Right. Our political yes. system, our whole government, like our country, yes. religion, yes. like no one can have conversations yes. <laughs> or be comfortable in conflict. So even those little things, right? Holding space and allowing children to, and you're guiding them. This is not just like children get to do whatever they want to do as, as parents and adults and teachers where they're setting very healthy boundaries, but we're not infiltrating on their experience. So we're teaching them how to have conflict, how to feel heard, how to feel seen, how to see a different perspective when it's developmentally appropriate. You know, Jen, what's so amazing about Jennifer's work in the Awaken Method is she lays everything out for parents and goes through these developmental layers. And it's, you're learning what your child is able to do from a totally different perspective. These are the things that I was like, I never learned this in all my years of schooling. How come they're not teaching this? So parents have a totally different perspective of like, oh, that's, you know, a four-year-old should be doing this and we should be guiding them without shame because if we do it now, this is what it looks like as an adult. Love that. We're taught to be good little um, slaves and good little worker bees and just follow the leader and just don't ask questions, right? Right. Um, yeah. I love all of that. And I'm assuming that um, Jennifer also, does she also talk about helping them come up with their own solutions instead of always solving their problem. I'm assuming you have to reach a certain age to really be able to figure that out. But at a certain age, you're probably more or less right. Is that a part of the um, teaching is also having them figure out their own solutions? Yeah. So basically an overview of Jennifer's program is there's seven developmental layers that she believes every child progresses through and they have different ages. So the first one is, um, fear and safety. So the moment the child is earth side, you know, their whole goal is to establish safety between their caregiver. And they are trusting that when they cry, they're going to be heard. And when they cry, they're going to be fed. And that whole relationship and attunement is happening between mother and child. And then Jennifer brings in what that's like in a nervous system development. So she uses Dr. Porridge's work. And then Jennifer brings in like Gabor Mate's work on what that's like for attachment and attachment between mother and baby. So she's bringing in all these other works into her work. And then we go into the, oh, and so then it's, how do you, how do you show up in fear? And then how is your child showing up in fear? So she will list different behaviors. So that's what I love is that you can start identifying, oh, I'm actually doing this when I'm in fear. Cause you can't change, you know, how you're reacting until you can identify what it is first. It's your blind spot. Yeah. Wow. 95% of our day is unconscious. So to lean into that 5% consciousness, you're going to have to do some work and, and really figure yourself out. So she has these seven developmental layers. So it's, it's how we're moving in fear, how we're moving in guilt, how we're moving in shame, how we're moving in grief, lies, illusions, and attachment. And with those, she's breaking down the ages. She's breaking down expected behavior, how to hold space for them, different triggers that might've come up for us when we were younger. Because if you think about just how we're guided as a society and world, it's mostly through fear, guilt, and shame, lies and illusions. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. the lower ones, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we have yeah. to have a, a good grasp and understanding on how, what is our relationship with those? Because until we understand that, can are we able to change the trajectory? I feel like everybody needs to be working on this. I mean, again, not only to help and work with children, but to parent yourself and undo all the, all the, you know. It's definitely an aspect of shadow work, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and not to blame like our parents or anything, because I, I really believe everybody everybody does the best with what they were given, whether they search for more or not is another thing, but you know, right. I'm definitely not one that likes to sit here and, and my mom's watching right now anyways, but blame mom and dad, or, you know, I like to own my stuff, but there's a lot of work to do. Everybody makes mistakes. Right. And it, and it affects other people. And so there's almost, there's always work to do, but 
it's always better if you can learn some new conscious ways to actually help people develop in a more beneficial way. Um, and if you didn't, then you got to go back and like dive into that and redo it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm literally thinking of adults that I interact with that are just super reactive and, um, need to dive into this work. Yeah. And I think that like what was so beautiful for me going through this works is that you do, you get so, you begin to have so much more grace. Everyone is doing with what they know, you know, and I don't believe that, um, the society we live in now was created on accident. There was very intentional moves on, on yeah. people, on villages, on women to separate, conquer and divide. And so here we are, right? On the family unit. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And so even understanding yeah. parenting trends, you know, like my mother's generation was to be seen and not heard. That was the space that was held for her. So she is only going to be able to show up in a certain capacity because that's what was done to her. And you keep going back and you're looking at the generate or the, uh, the parenting styles throughout the generations. And you're, you get so much compassion and grace of like, of course they couldn't do better. They didn't know any better. And um, so that's, what's kind of tricky now is sometimes it feels like the blind leading the blind. We're trying to create this space, but it was never done for us. So you are absolutely faced with shadow work because you're not going to be able to <laughs> make it unless you, know these parts of yourself, forgiven your, yourself for these parts, made dif different relationships with yourself in these parts, you know, and just overall have more grace in how you move. Yep. I like to look at it like this too. So like Regina was saying about not having blame or pointing fingers at our parents, it's from that broader view, when you go up here and you look down, there's all that higher aspect that's happening. Like right now is the time where this is, um, there's divine purpose in everything, right? So like, we're ready for this now. Like we're the generation that's ready to look at this in a different way and to make those new ways that are happening. And it's it's not happening by chance, any of it. It's all mm -hmm. unfolding the way that it needed to. And everything that happened before with our parents and that generation all unfold the way it needed to. So there's definitely no blame or shame. It's just, it's a new way of looking at things and a new way of understanding. I think that's so beautiful because it's so needed. I don't think it's new. I think it's hidden and we're, we're coming, it's resurfacing, right? We're reconnecting. Cause like you said, we're ready for it. We signed up for this. We're here for it. It's we're now reconnecting to this divine purpose of right. what this is supposed to look like. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love this. I want to get her book. What was her last name again? Jennifer. Jennifer Jeffcoat. So she's with the awaken method. She also runs a school. She's in Oregon. Um, she doesn't have a book yet. She will, <laughs> but mm -hmm. she did amazing workshops. So we just did a sisterhood workshop with her in our property. And again, it was, it was looking at the relationship field and being able to identify the beautiful parts we have to offer all the light, but also the shadow parts. How are we showing up in that? And she, what she does a really good job is connecting it all the way back to birth because those are our first formative years. That's when we first start building relationships. So until we can really understand our relationship with our mother and our father and how that space was held, can we understand how we formed relationships as a child and how that's showing up as an adult? Because, you know, how many girlfriends do you have where you can have real honest conversation, show up as you are, set boundaries, speak on your needs and everything is a-okay. There's usually some tension or some- Not that many. Right? <laughs> so I like how she can bring everything back to birth and that's, that's her- um, that's her work, prenatal birth psychology. Love it. Love it. I need to do some shadow work with her, with her stuff. Um, yeah, no, I can definitely see this, um, just blown up and you being out there consulting, coming to help me start a school. <laughs> and Cynthia, um, this is really important work. I, and I really believe this is where we're headed with schools. And it's clear that, you know, our podcast is really about, um, sovereign solutions. And we understand that all these systems in society are crumbling the education system, the financial system, the government, the media, mm -hmm. um, the medical system, all of it is crumbling. Um, all of the darkness is coming to light. And then where do we go from here? What's next? What's the new way? Mm -hmm. And so that's what, 
that's what we talk about here is solutions. You know, what do we do now? Um, in the meantime, either the bridge between the old system and the new system, or how do we build a new system and start to bring more independence and sovereignty? So um, I'm not a parent, but I've, I've seen a lot of different interesting parenting trends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to comment because who am I? I'm just some lady with a cat and like, you know, <laughs> shut up. Right. <laughs> but I've noticed, and especially as um, a former teacher and I had a business as a life coach for kids and teens. That was a lot of fun. And I saw a lot of just interesting parenting trends. And I guess I'll just say um, in a generic way, like ones that aren't benefiting either the parent or the kids and aren't raising, you know, self-sufficient, critical thinkers, independent, sovereign individuals, you know, so and I don't, I don't think anything is by mistake, really. Um, so it's really thinking outside the box and creating something new. Um, and just getting yeah. away from the labels, right? Because everyone yeah. is looking for the next trend. And this is about right. autonomy. And this is about, like, a, that's what usually people, they come here, they're like, oh, so you're like a gentle parenting. I'm like, no. And that is so broad. I don't even know what it means anymore. It's easy to start polarizing these trends and these styles. And that's exactly where they want us. They want us in a good or bad. They want us in a left or a right. Yes. It's not about yes. that. Oftentimes, yes. parents ask, like, well, then how do I fix it? And it's like, I'm not prescribing you anything. I'm inviting you to look at mm-hmm. your own life in a different way in areas that you are not seen or met as a child and how that may be showing up in your adulthood with your child. So then this becomes your journey of unwinding and reprogramming and finding your true self so that you can truly honor your daughter or your son's true self. We're not selling you a style and there's not a program to go through. And that's what's so different about her work and why I brought it into the school because we're so obsessed and we're so terrified of our autonomy that we're just looking to match onto the next thing. But then they just... Mm -hmm us against each other the moment we've claimed it right yes yes so much to unpack with what you just said so important and i see this all the time and a lot of people are exiting these different ideologies in life whether it's religion or a political party etc and then they're like well where do i go now like they feel like they have to assign themselves to a group to a label and like i don't I don't subscribe to many labels at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, I mean, I create my own group, you know, I'm not religious. I've never been religious. I've never been political. I always knew that system was total trash. <laughs> um, you know, if I had, you know, obviously I have my different beliefs and I probably lean towards a side, but I know that a two-party government was set up for division. I don't align with that system at all. Right. And I think people are still looking for someone to save them. And they want someone to fix them. And they're like, hey, Kylie, what's this, you know, fix my kid, fix me. But it takes actual work to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I've learned is that's the only way. Say it again. That's the only way we get out of this mess. Right. Yeah, well, and it's do not the actual fault. work. You know, not to play in like total victimization, but it's not our fault. Like going back so long, our autonomy is taken away. If you just think mm-hmm. from the the moment a woman gets pregnant, it is like you're going to the doctors and you're already seeking, you're outsourcing information. We've lost the ability to be in tune with ourselves, how we want to carry the baby, what feels right, how we want to birth the baby. From the beginning, that baby then goes into their first system of preschool and it just goes from there. So it's, I think it's natural and it's to be expected that there are going to be a lot of people who are terrified of their autonomy because they've never built a relationship with it and one that was safe. So there's that whole learning curve too, right? Some people are like, sign me up, let's go. This place exists, this feels good. And other people are like, I, I don't know, that's too much autonomy. So how has it been for you with different kids and families? Um, have you seen a mix of some people are kind of shell-shocked? Well, now I got to figure this out or like how, how has the response is. been? <laughs> I think everybody is. And I think that's normal too. You're literally just like pulling the blanket off, right? Or like mm-hmm. the blindfold off. That's what I was. That was for sure my experience. Um, to say that I wasn't nervous that I was going to hit major resistance. My first year would be a lie. I was, was prepared for everything. 
And I got seven families where the eighth um, that came in open-minded and whether or not they had moments of cognitive dissonance, which I'm sure they did, they continued to show up for parent education. They continue to ask questions. We almost have a dad for every mom in the program that are able to show up there. Grandparents come and ask questions. It's been the most beautiful. I love that. Everyone has just showed up super curious and coming to get more information. What it looks like at home, I don't know. And this is everyone's first year, you know? So I think people are grasping onto what resonates, but if anything, they're showing up and they're asking questions. And um, it's this is definitely a heavy parent involvement school. So I've been super, super lucky with the group. I also think, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. So the intention was put out there to call call in this group. And I, I couldn't have asked for a better first group. It's been really amazing. That's awesome. I wish you were closer. I know <laughs> I want to visit and I wanted to go to your, um, I saw your sisterhood thing, but I think you're like seven hours for me. I'd have to plan ahead yeah. to attend anything. I was telling Regina, I was like, Idaho's that big. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Huge actually. Um, <laughs> I just want to remind the Facebook group, if you have any questions, especially about parenting, homeschooling, pre- please, um, drop them in the chat. Feel free to ask questions. I'll try to get to them. Um, how do you see the school evolving over time as you get more families and as the kids get older, how do you see like your day-to-day curriculum and what you're doing with them evolve? Yeah, no clue. <laughs> and <I'll- laughs> But I think that's part of the journey. I've also, I have also relinquished a lot of control, you know, coming from the public school system, like you plan your curriculum for the year, you have everything to go. How can I plan curriculum if I don't even know what the needs of my students are in the relationship field? So it's a totally different approach. We have an idea of the herbs and things that we want to cover, but ultimately they are letting me know what they're ready for. I'm watching them unfold on their own timeline and we're there to support them. So um, I would love to, my daughter's moving up in age. So at eight, they're ready for some more academics, still totally play-based nature and things that to me really matter, but they actually can start holding a pencil and the bones in their hands can support that as opposed to forcing it at three Mm. and four. And they do have a little more attention span to go a little deeper. So definitely small things. And then like, you know, what would it look like on a middle school level? I would love to find someone with a property that would support the middle schoolers, get really cool things like zip lines and other fun things. We don't want to take away their playground. We do that, right? Middle school, it's like no playground. It's why the kids need to play. They still need to risk take, but eventually Mm -hmm. someone with a different property and, and consult with them on creating a little micro village for them or school only runs three days a week. And that's plenty. Three four day weekends are where it's at for rest, recovery, family, you know what yes. I mean? Travel. So I would I would want to keep that schedule and just keep the emphasis. This is not like work, work, grind, grind, work, work, grind for nothing. A three day work week or school week. Love it. More than support. Work week. More than enough. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and I think it will naturally evolve as each year. I'm just taking it year by year. And I, I do okay, feel like once you. I start putting it out there, the teachers come, the people come and it will, it's a beautiful unfoldment, but I'm trying to stay really present and not put myself so far that I'm just not here and enjoying and learning from this process. The first wow. Yeah. And so I guess I want to ask you, like, how do you keep, you're doing three things at once. You've got Homeschool, you've got a farm and a brand. What is taking the most of your time out of those three? So the way my husband and I have designed it is we're 50-50 on everything, but I run the school. I'm I'm primarily the school. I create everything. I do everything. He spearheads everything farm and brand. So we meet sometime during the month. We go over the schedule. We go over the brands we're working with. We go over the merchandise collab, whatever's going to happen. We go over, over everything. We schedule it out. He spearheads farm and brand, but no big decision is made without me. And then I do everything school. And then we raise our daughter. (laughs) It's really chaotic right now, but I hope we're just getting some roots in place and then we can kind of lighten the load a little bit. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. You're going to have to teach us board, you know, like, yeah, came from 
you know, California. And then it's like uprooting and redoing everything. And then you both are so dedicated to what you're doing. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So we got our Ellen, uh, really long comment. I'm going to try to read it. I don't know if there's questions in here. Um, Old saying that it takes a village to raise a child is so true. And this is a good start towards that goal. Previous generations prior to the nuclear family era lived on farms and had extended family members to help Native American and other indigenous people taught the children of the tribe and that all the tribal members took part. Everybody was on the same page, so to speak. They knew how precious the children were and that they were the future of the group. Kylie, I think you are doing a wonderful thing and I wish you all the success Love in the it. world. I love Ellen. Thank you. Thank you. And she does native American ceremonies at my friend's sanctuary in Tennessee. And, it, and she's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love talking about this. Um, it gets me really excited. I want to, <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to have to school us on how to do, how to do a brand. We need, we need to consult you on that. Um, <laughs> But I've always wanted to do a school and I've always wanted oh, to do really? a curriculum. And so when I, when I went through this process, I got certified and I got my master's. It was an intense process. You do both at once to become an elementary school teacher. By the time I was done, I realized I'm not going to do this. All that work. And I realized this is not for me. And so I started a business as a life. This was 2008. Okay. I started a business as a life coach for kids and teens because the main premise was to teach them life skills they're not seeing in school. I was a lot less aware back then than what I am now. And even then I just knew I wasn't, you know, teaching wasn't for me right away. I knew this is awful. They tell you how to put the chairs. They tell you what to say. I mean, if I want to do rows instead of groups, they, you don't, you can't even do that. And this is back East. Oh, wow. Southern Connecticut, right outside of New York. And it's just so focused on numbers and test scores and mm -hmm. oof, um, you know, ju just really, really hard, hard job. And especially for someone who actually cares about the kids. And, um, and then I can't imagine being in that system, being aware, having the awareness that I do now, but, um, I always wanted to start a school and a different curriculum. And then it kind of just fell by the wayside. Cause you know, I'm in, I'm in survival mode doing a nine to five somewhere, but you know, so many cool ideas and, um, just so nice to see you doing some things like that. It's really awesome. I will definitely help you start your school. Oh yeah. Uh, I definitely have dreams of starting a small homestead. I mean, my big goal is to have like a hundred acres and a healing center sanctuary, um, really big into alternative healing. I just helped my mom beat cancer naturally. Um, and just kind of like a healing sanctuary on the land where people can come and heal from different things. And maybe we'll have a school there. I'm open to so many different, that's the big goal. Right now I'm just trying to get a small piece of land with a small homestead and just start something. Absolutely. Um, but yes, really exciting. Um, any other questions guys in the, in the Facebook group? Um, that you have, and there's so much to un unpack with this topic that it's like, it is a really broad topic. Yeah. There's many layers to conscious parenting, what that is, what that looks like, but I would say overall, right. It's just, it's understanding yourself and where you go and what parts of yourself still need healing. And also people look at trauma as something blunt, you know, it's just, it's any time we're not seen or heard those things accumulate, they add up, they store in the body, they're, right. They're going to re-trigger when we get triggered again. And so it's, it's even understanding that connection is a great place to start. Yep. And then being on the same page as your, your significant other as to, Hey, we, I want to parent this way. That's an, that's important. That's hard. Yes. You, you almost always see the woman wake up before and mm. firsthand experience. It took my marriage. My husband and I separated. It was a hard, it was hard to recover and repair from, but yeah, when we realized these were deeply rooted in our childhood issues that were coming up 
And until we realized we're going to have to deal with them anyways, because we can't co-parent without getting, you know, the only way out was through. And so there's a moment for sure. And I've heard this with other women where they're like, if I keep going on this, this may have severe consequences and the family unit, because once, no, you can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many levels to that. And not just from parenting, but just becoming aware waking up to different truths in our reality and then waking up spiritually, you know, so many levels to that. And if your significant other isn't also waking up, you can't like force them. I've seen a lot of, um, relationship transitions. And I just recently transitioned out of a relationship, which has been so hard. Um, just over the past few years, as a lot of people are, are gaining more awareness of what's really going on in our reality. And then they're also diving in, in spiritually and, and waking up, you know, having a spiritual awakening and it's hard. I can't even imagine right now dating. I mean, I like, I just want to give someone like a hundred page survey and be a like, hundred question survey and be like, here, fill this out. <laughs> like, we need to, there's so many things now that you have to be on the same page. So I, I can't even, and then bring, bringing a child in is it's, it's challenging, you know, to, to get on the same page. I would say they have us believing that we need to be like this and that's not the reality either. You need two people right. who are committed to growth. It can right. be like this and it most likely will be like this, you know, mm. you need two people who are committed to doing the work. Yeah. Doing the work and everyone can be on their own timeline. I mean, ultimately yeah. you guys can decide if it's a supportive timeline, but right. that's the thing too. I realized in my whole journey that a a union ship, a friendship, a marriage is meant to die and rebirth a thousand times over the death. Just like you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And it's almost impossible to be exactly, you know, eye to eye on everything or at the same level or at the same pace or the same spot in on your journey, but at least, at least moving forward and, and committed to growth is, is definitely something that's needed. So we've got a couple comments here. Um, Carol Jones Minge, I think that's someone that that knows you, Kylie. She said, "Hey, Kylie, you're my favorite neighbor, and I love hearing your happy school kids having <laughs> fun. Oh, that's so cute! What an awesome school you have developed." My mom, she commented, "Regina loves educating people and then motivating them to use their newfound knowledge." Kylie is on the same path. No wonder you are. <laughs> Candace, like that old musical, My Fair Lady, she couldn't go back to being a flower girl in the market after being trained to be royalty. We can't go back after we become aware. It's true. You can't unlearn something that you've learned. And as people are waking up nowadays, our our views on everything change. Everything changes, right? Once you learn that everything we were told is a lie, um, everything changes from from the food you eat to relationships to how you parent your kids to how you heal yourself with a cold. I mean, everything changes. It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's much easier to stay asleep for sure. Yes. Yes. People are not like banging up the door like me, wake me up too. (laughs) hard work, but I do believe, um, the people that are doing it signed up to do it. So, you know, children coming in, they sign, they are not requiring anything less. They do not do the American standard diet, Mm. not do the, like, they are just highly sensitive kids. They're being labeled otherwise, but they are here to also say, wake up. This isn't working. We're not, we cannot keep moving like this. Yes. How old your daughter? She just turned seven. Well, she turned seven on Christmas. Oh, yeah. It's a fun birthday. Um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's interesting times and we're seeing more and more people wake up and it's like living in two realities, you know, it's, it's been a challenge, right. To interact with people who are either very asleep or mostly asleep and Sometimes I just stay quiet because it's not worth it. It's not worth like when um, someone saw me 
on Instagram in California and they were like, oh, make sure you put sunscreen on and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, am I going to open that can of worms and, and waste my energy? Or am I just going to say, okay, you know, so it's, it's picking your own battles and knowing your own boundaries, knowing when to give energy to others as well. And when people want more information, they want to wake up more and they want to change then offering that out there, but, you know, learning to not get drawn into conversations about, you know, like different medical treatments, which we won't say here because we don't want to get banned, whether it's your kids or your animals. Right. Can't tell you how many times I've, I've had to just politely or just change the subject because we're just not at the same conscious awareness. So it's, it's almost really a waste of energy, really. Um, mm -hmm. No, I think that's right. I think initially when you when you start waking up, you there's a natural instinct to want to wake up those around you because there's almost like a savior aspect. And then you just you realize, you know, you woke up on your own timeline. Like I was totally that person that used Febreze and scented tampons, perfume, MAC cosmetic, everything that we know now gives us cancer. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like begging me to go through my my makeup bag and I was didn't want to hear it, didn't want to hear it. Everybody's wow own timeline and then you wake mm. up and you realize oh yeah there's no way I'm waking someone else up it's hard enough to do it willfully than yeah. to do you know without will that that is just the reality but I think that's right in the beginning you you want to help other people and be like okay I know we've been told this our whole life but actually this yeah. is making us sick but you're gonna you're just gonna like you said waste so much energy because they're not ready to hear it and that's okay too yeah, right and I think that's yeah. the that's the challenge for a lot of us now too, is finding that the compassion in that too, you know, being able to be like, okay, you get to have that experience and I get to have my awareness and still love you just the way that you are. Um, even if it's a stranger, you know, that's where I, I learned my, my triggers too, is being like, okay, looking at the way that someone else is doing something and knowing and being like, okay, cool. They're allowed to have their experience and it is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't have to put my energy towards that or it, cause then it just becomes an energy leak anyway. Right. So staying in your own lane and being the light, wherever you're going to be the light. Yeah. And then a, a whole cancel culture, which that they yeah. want so unable to have a conversation. That's what I loved about coming here. We came here in the height of restrictions and all of that. It did not matter if you chose a medical experiment or if you didn't, if you messed up or not, people were respectful and people were nice. People were compassionate. People did not lose themselves in protecting these politicians. They had their beliefs. They respected you had yours, but if, if there was a mutual respect, that's what mattered. And coming here was such a breath of fresh air because that Bay Area is just like a kind of world where it's like there is someone yes. who's right and there's someone who's wrong. And you better be on the right side. And I was just not about, I was not about to raise my daughter in that culture. Like, no. We're much more complex human beings than that, than this writer. Yes, we are. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of where I grew up in Southern Connecticut. Um, yeah. Super judgmental. I know so many people who couldn't see their families because of different beliefs and whether they participated in the experiment or not. Yeah. Um, just really makes me sad. And I'm thankful that I didn't have to deal with that. Um, very, very thankful. Um, because I know that I'll die in the woods by myself before, <laughs> before I ever do that. And that's literally the hill that I will die on a thousand percent. That's not going to change. And not everybody feels that strongly. Um, but it's kind of hard when you learn what you learn and you go down certain rabbit holes and you start to also trust your intuition to guide you above everything else. Right. Um, you, you develop strong beliefs and it's hard to back down, but while still honoring other people and not, you know, trying not to, to cause, um, you know, any, any kind of disagreements or anything, but it's, it's been an interesting two years for sure. You know, even just you saying that reminds me just how we're moving so unconsciously with fear. That's what was the dividing thing of all of this political mess that we've experienced the last three years, right? It was people didn't even understand 
the level of fear that they're in. And you look at something like our program, you know, that's the first developmental layer we teach is fear and safety. And you watch these two little kids, you know, four to seven, someone wants the toy and the other person doesn't want to share. And they're like, well, what's the fear? What's the fear in me holding that? And I'm like, you know, adults talking like this, this little four-year-old is able to tap into, there's got to be some kind of fear. You know, that's how we've helped guide them. If you're holding on so tight to that ball and I'm going to give it right back. And a beautiful conversation gets to take place. Then you have grown adults who is like, I'm not in fear, but what you're doing is wrong. And it's like, come on, you have to understand that they're using these tactics to divide us on every level of fear, shame, guilt, grief. This is how they have control over us. So, yep. It's amazing at four years old. Wow. Oh, and we've totally had people, you know, when our kids are out in public, not this school group, because this is new, but when we were in the Bay Area and they would stop and be like, how old are those kids? (laughs) Cause they've just never heard a conversation take place like that. Love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Beautiful. Love it. It makes me want to have, well, kind of old now. It makes me want to have a kid just to, <laughs> to implement something. Like I'm kind of old now, but I've always said that I would, I would raise them completely differently. I don't even care how people would look at me. Um, probably missing that missing that uh time frame but we have another comment from candace i love that kylie we all wake up when we wake up true cynthia it serves us in growing and compassion when those around us sleep so we're we're nearing the end of our time and i want to honor your time even though uh i feel like we can hang out for a very long time i love chatting with you and i hope that we stay connected and who knows what we can you know co-create or collaborate or or help each other on and yeah. Um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm definitely excited for your future and all the things that you have in mind and the consulting and the online classes and all that's uh, going to come to fruition. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Anything that, um, how about this? What do you want to leave us with? And then please tell us how everyone can find you. Ooh, what do I want to leave you with? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's never too late to just to tap, to lean into this and just be curious. And this doesn't have to be about going down a rabbit hole or beginning this whole journey. I think just leaning into curiosity, ultimately you decide where you want to take the information, but just being open to, you know, looking at the public school system that we have now, um, looking at mental health disorders that we have now, looking at all the levels, ADHD levels, all the labels and where we're at now. Um, We have successful people in the world. We have a lot of money circulating in the world, but we're not getting healthier and more wholehearted as a society. So if you can just look at that and and just think, look, let's take a step back. We've tried this and it's clearly not working. Right. So what is the harm in, in, in trying something new and looking over here and leaning into this? Um, and then how you can find us is Alpine Village School on Instagram at Alpine Village School or at Alpine Village Farms on Instagram. We're not very active on the Facebook. That's something we hope to do, but we're doing one thing at a time. And I would love to stay in touch. Awesome. I guess like these are super important and networking with other people who understand the importance of this. I'd love to help you do your school when you guys are ready. You guys can hit us up for brand stuff when you're ready. Let's take yeah. We definitely need help with that for sure. <laughs> and when we get our website up and running, we want to list all of your um, resources and your future online classes or anything that you have going on for sure. Um, anything else that you want to add, Cynthia, before we wrap up? That's it. This has been um, really beautiful. And I, I guess I didn't understand the whole aspect of like what you guys, I love that you guys are, um, really diving into the parents too and like having them do their own work because that's that's everything and yeah just beautiful what you're doing so thank you so Mm -hmm. much for being here and being on you know one one that i think is really cool about our program sorry um something that we're doing is bringing on other practitioners too so like we have a chiro that comes twice a month all tonal adjustments in the nervous system so building out as we're shifting out of these other systems, bringing in these other systems so that parents have resources. I thought that's what every school needs. We used to have that, like nurses, people to check our eyesight here and all that. Right. Now we're the, the people that support this lifestyle. So 
That is awesome. And if you, as you expand to online resources, Cynthia specializes in hypnosis for um, teens and kids. And I am a certified life coach for kids and teens and an energy healer, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of cool stuff that we can kind of chat about. Um, And I did get, I got one last question. I'm going to save that for after the recording. Ellen has a question, Um, but we'll wrap up the recorded version now and just hang out for a moment in the Facebook group. And then I'll let you go. So thank you guys so much for watching everybody on Facebook live everybody who watches this afterwards on YouTube rumble or listens on one of the audio platforms. We've had a lot of fun and make sure you um, follow Kylie on all of her platforms. Stay tuned for all the cool things she has going on. And um, yeah, thank you guys so much for connecting with us today.